Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey. I feel like your hat is staring at me this episode. Last time it was your shirt. Yeah. Stop wearing shit with eyes on it. Sorry. Creepy. Yeah, fucking weirds me out. Babe, today's a good day. Yesterday was a good day. Yesterday was a good day. Yeah. So we did the Chicago Fan Expo, which was a great turnout. I missed my opportunity to dress like a princess and get shit-faced. Oh, next time we are dressing in cosplay. We are doing it. But what an awesome experience. Yeah, it really was. To do a live... That was our first live show. Yeah. And it went well. It did. And I think our partner... Uh, Carly mm-hmm. from Marginalized Murder yeah. did fucking phenomenal. Thank God. She kind of <laughs> took the lead. Yeah. It was kind of like a round table. And her podcast, if you guys haven't check it, checked it out yet, it's fucking it's excellent. Good. Yeah. It is fucking excellent. It's about the 51 murders, strang- yeah. strangulation murders uh, in Chicago on the south and west side. Um, it's very interesting. Just bananas. Yeah, and I give her credit because she's not from Chicago. Which she's I from LA. Didn't know going yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah, but um, she did great. She kind of took charge and asked questions, and because the whole point of it was we weren't doing an episode. It was right. how to make a true crime podcast, and right. so it, it's two totally different ways of doing it she has an agent and a producer and the whole kit and caboodle and we're like yeah we're at our dining room table (laughs) right so right you know forty dollar microphone right right you know it was interesting to see the difference though yeah but we do um we are going to try to upload it to our facebook or not our facebook page our actual web page so um, we get fancy now. Yeah, so keep checking out our web webpage. Uh, hopefully today or tomorrow mm-hmm. it will be uploaded so you can check it yeah, out. And it's about an hour long. I can also put it on the Patreon page for the public. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So I can make it, it a out. public post. Uh, what's our website page, just so everyone knows? www.ddogdog.com uppodcast.com dduppodcast.com all right so the only bad thing yesterday was so uh, i yelled at you you did it was at the convention center in rosemont yeah which is huge it's huge and there's no there's no parking by the convention center and then we asked the security guard where's the handicap parking and she's like i don't know right so we went and we parked where we normally you know where you're supposed to park and uh, all right i'll just push you well, we went the wrong way, yeah. and I pushed him all the way up an uphill to up the ramp. airport. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Rosemont, Illinois, like there's a downtown section where it's like downtown Chicago. Yeah, like it's just it's building after building, right. and it's a tight little. It's like three blocks of tight knit. You have no clue where the and fuck th- you're going. There were hundreds of people on yes. the streets. Yes. So. Because they had like an outdoor I mean, band. I mean, the convention, and... there, there were thousands of people Oh, easily, there. yeah. I mean, it was fucking jam-packed. Yeah, but we got all the way uphill. <laughs> you were so out of breath and off-ramp. me. And I'm like, I'm just oh, going to let him go. I'm, I'm going to let him go. So if you see in the video, Jamie is completely sweating. I am sweating like a fucking animal, like trying just, to fan myself. She pushed my 300-pound ass mm-hmm. all over fucking Rosemont. Yeah, so then when we realized we were going the wrong way... I pushed him back to the car. 
Mm-hmm. Then I dropped him off. And then I went and yeah. parked. Because, I mean, it's And like we made it. Six blocks. On three, at 3 p.m. Yeah. on the dot. We made I it. I did email the, the cameraman. And I was like, we are here. Yeah. Like, ignore everything Mark tells you. We're here. We'll be there shortly. Okay. So... But yeah, so then uh, I had to park, and so then I'm I had sorry, to babe. jog my fat ass over there, and yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry, I got a little testy. I was nervous. Yeah, I was nervous, babe. I was just hot. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> what, dude? I heard you oh. pushing me, and you were. <sighs> I'm wheezing. <sighs> yeah, I'm completely so. bent over because trying to push uphill, you need like I momentum. Know. I'm sorry, I'm handicapped. No man, <laughs> it was uh. But Rosemont, you need better handicap parking. Yeah, there's that, n- there's literally nothing that, by the that, convention center. Yeah, that was fucked up. On top of the fa- so they have the the parking garage for like AMC theater and yeah. then like the convention center and then the baseball field. But they have all of the handicap parking blocked off yes. for the valet, and the valet didn't open till four. Right, and the convention started at like nine fucking a.m. Yeah, so yeah, the parking was a a nightmare. Uh, but so. It, Overall, what a great fucking experience. It, it really was. I was so hyped up after, you know, and felt so good. I yeah. Mean, I, I couldn't sleep last it night. It went great. It really yeah. went very, very well. Yeah. It's a, so, I would so like to do that. We can, I mean. Next time, uh, if we get invited, we did get invited to another one. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think it's, it's March of next year. I, I think it's C2E2 that we got invited to C2, which, E2, I don't which know. is pretty big it was a comic rep yeah that he, he said that he was told specifically to come to our hour yeah so so it, we'll let you guys know but i mean if you're in the chicagoland area yeah please go this one i think is at the mccormick place yeah. that he said which that's it's a big deal it was great though because i mean the audience it was a it was a decent crowd yeah I, and they were very I, I interactive about and 40 people mm-hmm. Very interactive, asking yeah. questions and, you and know. interested in true crime. Very good questions. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it it was great. I, it, it went very well. What a cool experience. You yeah. Know? And for the first time, a live event, mm-hmm. like, I, I could get used to that. Yeah. And Carly was great. So, it was her first live yeah. event, too. But she, she's an actor, so she's kind of. Yeah. You and I were like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I know. But Carly, if you're listening, you probably are now. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Because otherwise, we would have sat there and great. stared at you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Some, Hello. Someone has to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, uh, do we have any new Patreons? We do. Ooh. All right. We do. My thing is falling off. So yesterday, my face broke. Apparently, pushing Mark up. Because once we broke. like once we got off the overpass and yeah. I put him back in the car and everything, I started sneezing. Oh my god! You can't and I can't stop. fucking stop. Oh my god, dude! You've had like a thousand sneezes. It's, since it's yesterday. terrible. Yeah. So I don't know if you're getting sick, but like maybe being around all the people because like my throat hurts. I don't. Today. I don't. I don't. I, so, it was. Uh, it was literally like I felt my nose burning. I thought I was going to get a nosebleed, and then I just started. You sneezing. started sneezing. It's the weirdest fucking mm-hmm. thing. It's not fun anymore. No. Mm-mm. And I'm tired of saying God bless you. So if I I've... sneeze uh, 117 times during this, I'm yeah, sorry. you might I'll try not to. So. All right. So we have uh, Cindy, Cindy, Teresa, mm-hmm. Crystal, and Ashley. Awesome. 
Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Love it. Thank you guys. We so are going to really plan a Zoom thing. Yeah, it, it's been a while. So we yeah. are for the $20 tier uh, Patreons. We'll give ample notice, uh, you know, like I said, because yeah. last time we did know, not. We did not. We just gave about a week. And, you know, I know with time differences and stuff like that, it, it could be hard. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys know. But last time we had fun. Mm-hmm. We just kind of fucking around shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to do it again. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Bah. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So we have another, we have a good episode today. I'm excited for it. It's, I don't, I feel like it's not a, a common one. No, because mm-hmm. when you brought it up, I, I mean, other than the movie that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. was out there. Fuck, I haven't heard anything it's, about it. It's also one of the very few movies that went to production prior to the trials. Oh, that I did not, not know. Not many did. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because one of the guys was gone for a while. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, why don't you name it? What, so what do we got? We are doing the case of Nick Markowitz. Okay. And the movie Alpha Dog. Is based uh, off of which is a this. phenomenal movie. I've never seen it. Shut up. Mm-mm. Justin Timberlake is in it. Yeah, I know that, but I've never. Oh, babe, seen he it. does such a great job. And they were so, uh, somebody else, and I can't remember. Fuck. What Ben Foster? I think is in it. And I I don't know. Other than Justin Timberlake, I I don't know the names, but babe, it's it, it's a good movie. Is it? Oh, if you I wonder seen it, so yeah, and I phenomenal. wonder like how closely it's based off of this. Yeah, it's So Ben Foster's the guy from uh uh oh maybe he's not. No. I'm I thought it was the guy from uh Fuck. Yeah. Um Sure. Where they make meth. What Where they make meth? Yeah, the TV show that they make meth. Breaking Bad. He's not from Breaking Bad. But he's married oh. to the the fucking ginger from uh, that 70s show. Uh, babe, I have no clue. Oh. No clue who you're talking about. Wow. But anyways, a good movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should, because it's, it's a good movie. I'll have to so, watch it. But yeah, I wonder, listening to what you got, I wonder how accurate it's going to be. So. Yeah. It was, um, it was a little hard to find a decent amount of information. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom wrote a book, so I got a lot of it from there. Okay. Um, and there was one other podcast, um, that was actually very informative and their podcast is interesting. So it's two chicks. Yeah. One chick's in Austria. One chick is here. Yeah. And they've never met. Really? Yeah. They've never met and they do it. They just, oh, that's yeah, interesting. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head because my face is broken. So, but yeah, it was actually pretty cool because then you know the chick from Austria is like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what what is that? <laughs> so, all right, that's cool. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into it. All right. So Nick Markowitz, Nicholas Samuel Markowitz was born on September nineteenth, nineteen eighty four, to parents Jeff and Susan in uh, Los Angeles, California. There's a little suburb in Los Angeles County called West Hills, very small, kind of like a Mount Greenwood, Beverly thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where they lived. So Susan and Jeff met in 1982, shortly after Jeff's separation from his first wife. 
They had two children, uh, Leah and Ben. And at the time of the separation, Leah was six and Ben was four. After a year together, Susan found out that she was pregnant with her first child. She was beyond thrilled and started keeping a journal and talking to her stomach. Susan and Jeff bought a house in West Hills where Nick was raised. It was a middle class influential 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 mm, area. Startled with that. I'm, ugh, it's a You're big broken. word. I gotta stop. Like, <laughs> man, these big words are really fucking me up lately. Mm-hmm. So, um, Nick growing up was a, a happy kid who was very kind and polite. Um, absolutely loved his dog and would fall asleep to audiobooks, which same. Yeah. So, um, he loved hanging out with his half-siblings, Leah and Ben, but they never considered themselves half-siblings. They yeah. were brothers and sisters. Oh, just kind of like Jacks and right. Leah. So they would come over um, every other weekend, you know. Everything was idyllic for a while, and then it wasn't. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. dun. Keith Morrison. Right. Just saying. I love you, Keith. Oh, my God. Do you, so, uh, side note, Carly. Yeah. Uh, said she tried to get Keith Morrison to officiate her wedding. <laughs> yes. I can't, I literally cannot think of anything fucking better. Dude, if I, I want to get, like, renew our vows, like, maybe we should. Keith Morrison. Yeah, maybe we should reach out. Even Josh Mankiewicz. Uh, Keith. Yeah. But I was saying yesterday, Chris huh? Hansen. If I ever end up on Dateline, like, please don't say that I lit up a yeah. room. Just be no, like. she was a cunt. She, she, yeah, everybody fucking hated her. Yeah, like. She, yeah. She was a bitch. Mm-hmm. You knew it. Yeah. We still want to find her. <laughs> right. But she's kind of an asshole. Right. You know? <laughs> so just throwing that out there. Right. Don't expect her to be nice when right. you res- rescue her. So. Right. Um, so Ben started to get into trouble. Uh, the older he got, the worse it got. When he was 11, he was stabbing car tires with a screwdriver. Mm. So this isn't like he was stealing fucking candy bars. Yeah. He was like doing the shit. Yeah. Um, he very quickly moved into stealing cars for joy rides. And by Damn. quickly, I mean by the age of 13. Oh, dude. So this caused a lot of tension between Susan and Ben's mom, obviously, mm. you know. Um, at 13, he was hanging out with a just a shit crowd, which was described as, quote, gang-like. Yeah. Um, he, so his mom was like, go live with your fucking dad. Right. So he started living I'm with... done with yeah, <laughs> He started living with Jess, uh, Jeff and Susan full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then got involved in vandalism and drug dealing. All right. At the age of 13, he was arrested for grand theft auto and gun possession. Dude. <laughs> at 13. All right, you little shithead. Right. Right. Um, he ended up in juvenile detention for a yeah. couple weeks, obviously. His parents hoped that this would scare him straight. Um, and it seemed to for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like they just learn more in juvie. I you know feel that way so too. Yeah. um he really did seem to be trying though he started getting into sports and he got super into taekwondo which his parents liked because it's it's big on discipline and routine and you know yeah not you yelling hiya <laughs> um see so he, he ended up to even living with his sensei for six months master splinter yeah, oh, yeah, Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, unfortunately, it was, it was short-lived. He went back to hanging out with a bad crowd um, and started having anger issues. Uh, his anger was just out of control. Yeah. And he started to run away. Which, where are you going when you run away? Yeah, I don't know. Friends' houses? I, I've never run away, so I, I, don't, no. I don't know. I don't know. That Can't give me, you an answer. Yeah, that drives me nuts. I would assume just friends' houses. Yeah. 
So he ended up, he got himself kicked out of school, too, on top of that. Um, At 16, he was back in juvenile detention, uh, again, getting arrested for Grand Theft Auto. So you're not good at it. Dude, you're a fucking thief. But you're not good at it. I know. Um, I I hate thieves. Yeah. And assault with a deadly weapon. Thieves bother me because fuck you. I I have to go to work every day. Exactly. (laughs) You know. Don't take my shit. Right. Right. Fuck you. Don't take my shit. It drives me crazy. Yeah. So, Nick was 10 at this time. He didn't really understand what was going on. He just knew that he really missed Ben. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, Ben would write letters to him all the time. Kept in in close contact with him. Um, Ben was on his best behavior when he was in juvie, which obviously you are, you know. It lasted all of about four and a half seconds when he got out. Mm. So, he stayed with friends and then a girlfriend. And just not... Like, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about shit. He's doing what he wants to do, you know. Doesn't give a shit about shit. Right. So. It's a good yeah. reference. Yeah. <laughs> Nick now, at this point, he's he's coming into, you know, his teenage years. He's starting to go through puberty. And, yeah. you know, that's it's fucking hard. It's it just is. hard on everybody, you yeah. know. He changed his style a couple times and had some rebellious behavior. But nothing, like, huge. You know, he would do stuff and feel bad right. and apologize. and So for the most part, he was a pretty good kid. Uh, friends said that he was kind and funny and that he was good at being a friend. Okay. He would also um, rap all the time. Yeah. Like for his friends. And at the time, they were like, dude, you're amazing. You're Fuck fucking yeah. awesome. And then afterwards, they're like, he was fucking terrible. But we just <laughs> told him, like, you're doing great. Just keep doing it. Uh. So I feel like that's what we do with you. I love rappers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> he was very into history and science and was in the drama club. And Susan was a bit of a helicopter mom, which is understandable. She was nervous after um, kind of dealing with all of Ben's behavior yeah. and his stealing cars and shit. So I get it. Nick also loved his sister, Leah. They were close, um, but he he idolized Ben. He tried to hang out with him as much as he could. And Ben would allow him. And sometimes Ben would even take... Uh, Nick to his parties. Okay. It's a little much, Ben. Yeah. A little much, but yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. So um, he took him once to a party at Jesse James Hollywood's house. Yeah. That's his name. It's the best name ever. It's Jesse like James. Jesse James Hollywood. His, oh, his, Holly- his last name is Hollywood. Oh, dude, that's fucking phenomenal. His name is Jesse James I Hollywood. I'm so jealous right now. Jesse James Hollywood. Can you call me that? No. Oh, yeah. His parents saw that opportunity and they, fo- they, and they, they took it, man. They fucking jumped on it, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. right on. So I'm going to call him Hollywood because three names are yeah. just, it's too much for me. I got you. Um, so Jesse, well, I'll say it one more time. Jesse James Hollywood was yeah. born on January 20th of 1980. Uh, Mom was gone. Dad was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You know, had a nice little operation going. Hollywood and Ben had known each other since playing Little League together. Um, mm-hmm. And his drug dealer dad was the coach. <laughs> I mean, you're participating. Sure. Yeah. All right. Sure. So when Hollywood got older, he actually followed in his dad's footsteps. And at age 19, he had made enough money to buy a $250,000 three-bedroom, two-bath home, putting approximately $43,000 down in cash. Um, We need to be drug dealers. Yeah. Did, Fuck this. Do you think the bank was like, huh, how do you, hmm. Babe, they got their money. They didn't, they didn't give, give a, a shit. They didn't give a fuck, yeah. So, 
Uh, I said he obviously had a decent operation going. Mm-hmm. So he used his buddies to sell for him. Um, two buddies that would sell for him were uh, Jesse Ruge, so I'll just call him Ruge, yeah. and Ryan Hoyt. Um, and Ben Hoyt. would even, yeah, Ben would deal for him from time to time. Okay. So Ryan and Hollywood had also known each other since they were kids. They all kind of played, you know, Little League together and, and all mm. that stuff. So Ryan came from kind of a shit home. Uh, his dad beat him. His stepmom hated him. His sister was a drug addict, and his brother was a criminal. Yeah. So, poor kid. So he, he spent a lot of time with... Hollywood and his family. Yeah. And they took him on vacation and he was there eating dinner all the time. So, like, he got more stability out of a drug dealer dad than he did his own, his own family. Yeah. So, uh, at one point, Hollywood bought Ryan a car to help him out. Wow. And, yeah. So, the deal was that Hollywood would buy it, but Ryan would be responsible for switching the title into his name. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Okay. Apparently, he procrastinates. Yeah. Same. It's fucking terrible. I need oh, to get my yeah. life together. Um, yep. So he didn't transfer it into his name, and he racked up like $1,000 in parking tickets. Ooh. So Hollywood's like, you're my friend. That's cool. But you fucking owe me money. Mm-hmm. So he has a $1,000 debt with Hollywood. So he, he knows he can't pay it back. So Hollywood's like, you're going to work for me. You're going to work for me. Yeah. So we sent him out to sell some drugs, um, and Ryan f- fucked that up somehow. So now he, owes him, that up? now he owes him more money. Oh, jeez. He probably did the drugs. I, I and was didn't gonna say sell he was them. probably smoking yeah. them or you know, doing them. So Hollywood's like, okay, now you're gonna actually work for me. So he had Ryan um like redoing stuff in his house and yeah. running his errands and cleaning up after him and picking up dog shit and hey. like he was he was his bitch, yeah. essentially. So um Ben would also end up owing Hollywood money. A San Diego man owed Hollywood $2,000, and Ben was friendly with the San Diego guy. Ben offered to help Hollywood collect, so they drove out to San Diego, and they stormed uh, dude's house with baseball bats. Yeah. The guy was like, I, I don't fucking have it. Yeah. I, I don't. You can break my legs all you want. You're not going to get your money. I don't fucking have it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So Ben, he tells this guy, he's like, listen, you, you got to figure something out, because you'd be better off owing somebody else other than him. Because right. he's not going to let it go. So, dude's like, all right, well, I know an ecstasy dealer. So, let's fucking rob him. Okay. So, they call this ecstasy dealer and tell him, you know, hey, I got a dude here. He wants to buy 200 pills. So, X guy comes over with the pills. Ben and Hollywood are sitting in the car. X guy leans into the car. Uh, ben and or Hollywood, don't know which one, grabbed the pills and drove off. So, now they have 200 ecstasy pills. So Ben decides at this point he's going to take on this $2,000 debt for this guy, mm-hmm. which, fuck you. No. Right. Um, so he's going to take these 200 pills and he's going to sell them, and then he's going to keep all the profits. Okay. So he's not going to make much money off of it. Right. Because, I mean, it was uh, 2014. So, I mean, X wasn't that big of a moneymaker. So he started selling the pills. And then starts getting phone calls that the pills don't work. So Ben tries one out and figures out that the pills are actually fake. So he's like, fuck. He goes to Hollywood. He explains the situation. He gives Hollywood the $600 he made from selling 30 pills, $200 he borrowed from his dad, and the rest of the the fake pills. Yeah. So Hollywood's like, I I want my $1,200. Yeah. And Ben handed all this shit over. And I... 
kind of seems like Ben thought that like it was a done deal. Like I, I made it even. Mm-hmm. We're good. So it wasn't. <laughs> they didn't hang out much after that, but they were still kind of on speaking terms. But nothing is really done for a couple a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, ben spends those months trying to get his shit together. He gets a job and proposes to his girlfriend. Mm. She works as a waitress. And one night, Hollywood and his girlfriend came to the restaurant that she worked at. Yeah. She waited on him. And then when the $50 bill came, Hollywood writes on the receipt, quote, take this off of Ben's tab. And then they walk out. Okay. So odds are, I mean, servers, she's going to have to pay for it. Right. So Ben's like, <clears throat> no, do, fuck with me. Don't fuck with her. Like this. is No. So he starts going after Hollywood. He starts leaving him threatening voicemails. Leave my girlfriend alone. This is between me and you. Blah, blah, blah. Then he allegedly uh, rats out Hollywood for an insurance scam worth $38,000. Really? Nothing came of it, though. So he got away with this insurance scam. Hmm. So can we call you? Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Help? Hollywood? <laughs> so he then gets it. Like, I feel like they're children. They're calling each other and leaving voicemails. Yeah. And then Hollywood gets a, a group of friends together and they stand outside his apartment. Yeah. You're big gangsters, huh? Big, big gangbangers. Um, so now they're both leaving threatening voicemails for each other. And then Ben and a friend go and break a window at Hollywood's home. Whoa. Yeah. So Hollywood, Hollywood said that this forces him to move out of his house. <laughs> Sir, it's a window. Right. It's a window. Oh, my yeah. God. These guys. Apparently, Hollywood was quite small, too. Oh, so he was God. like my height. Like a buck 30. Yeah. All right. You're very threatening. Yep. Yes. You're the size of my right butt cheek. I don't think I'm going to be afraid of you. Right. So on August 5th, it wasn't 2014. It was 2000. I'm sorry. On August 5th of 2000, Nick, who at this point is 15, he's just shy of his 16th birthday, comes home. Hi. Okay. His sister is there and she notices he's acting weird when she gets home. So she tells her, you know, Susan, like, I think he's fucked up. So they confront him. And he flips out. He runs upstairs. Now Susan's pissed because she's like, I already fucking did this once. Like, I don't want to do it with another kid. But they decide at that point that any kind of serious conversation they're going to put off till the next morning because they want him to be sober and, you know, actually fucking pay attention. Yeah. So plus Susan's like, I'm going to fucking kill him if I talk to him right now. I need to <laughs> I need to calm my shit down. Yeah. So. Sip. Monster. <laughs> They're pretty anxious about this situation um, after dealing with Ben, but it's also not the first time that Nick had been caught with pot. Yeah. So the next morning on August 6th, Susan briefly talks to Nick before heading downstairs to make breakfast. Jeff also stops to uh, talk to Jeff before leaving for a tennis game. Ooh. Tennis. All right. Mm. A bit later, Susan goes back upstairs to tell Nick that breakfast is ready. The only problem is, is that he's gone. So she searches the house. She can't find him. She realizes then that he probably snuck out because he doesn't want to have this fucking talk. She pages Nick and doesn't get a response. She calls Ben because that's usually where Nick would go. But no one's home. So she calls Jeff to come home. Hours go by and they hear nothing from Nick or any news about him. Yeah. They call Ben again. They call Leah. They call all of his friends. They're trying to figure out where he could be and where else they should look. Right. So at about one o'clock that afternoon... Hollywood, Jesse Ruge, and William Skidmore are driving around in a white van. What, where'd you get a raper van? Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. 
So they're driving around in a white van. They're looking for Ben, who they can't find. Because yeah. why would he be fucking walking around? Just saying. Like, these guys are, they're fucking, they're idiots. They are. They're idiots. So they can't find Ben, but they see Nick walking down the street. And Hollywood knows who Nick is because he's been to his parties. Yeah. So they get this brilliant idea. We're just going to take him. So they pull the Raper van over and get out. Raper van. And I actually wrote Raper van, by the way. Oh, that's Um, awesome. And all three of them started punching and kicking Nick before they dragged him into the van. The van then sped off. And left Hollywood standing on the street. <laughs> guys. Oh my God. These guys, guys come are ba- idiots. Come back and get me. Especially because he's the fucking. Hey, he's help. The, he's the ringleader. Right. You forgot your boss. Help like, me. Help. Jesus fucking Christ. So they go back and they fucking pick him up. Now while Oops. all of this is happening. Sorry, dude. Can you even. Oh, it's like fucking old school when they're driving around in the van. <laughs> We're going to take him. He'll be home by dinner. He'll be home by dinner. (laughs) Now, um, while this is happening, a woman was driving home from church with her kids. She watches them beat the shit out of Nick and throw him in the van. And she's like, huh, this probably isn't a joke. Like, (laughs) probably. Yeah. So she gets close enough to get a license plate, but she doesn't have a phone or a pen. So Mm. her and her kids chant the license plate number all the way home. So she can remember it. Five, five, four, 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 <laughs> yeah. three, two, two, three. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to her. They did. They said her name and I can't remember it. And I, I don't know why I didn't write it down. So she calls the police and says that she, she witnessed an assault. That's how she termed it, was an assault. Yeah. Uh, they took the report. They got a name and address, um, but they wrote the address down wrong mm. of where it was witnessed. Yeah. Um, while on the phone with witness number one, witness number two calls. Okay. And says that they've seen a kidnapping. Yeah. They don't put two and two together. So they don't put a connection between the two calls. Good job. Uh, They also did not code it as a kidnapping. So the first one was coded as an assault. The second one was just coded incorrectly. It was just a typo. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. So now I wrote the Three Stooges have Nick. (laughs) And they don't know what to do with him. Right. Because they didn't think this through. This was not the plan. Right. They uh, then have to stop at William Skidmore's house so he can pick up his insulin. Oh, God. Not a good plan, guys. Come on. So then their second stop. These guys are wieners. Yeah. The second stop was to pick up a friend named Brian because the original plan for the night was all of them were going to head to Santa Barbara for Fiesta, which was a festival they were having. Now, Brian saw Nick in the van and felt like things were just kind of off. And maybe he wasn't there to just go to Santa Barbara. And it was kind of a weird vibe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they decided to still go to Santa Barbara. So okay. they got their insulin. They got Brian. Um, why fuck up their, their plans, you know? Right. So they go to the house of a friend of Rugi. Um, this guy has some friends over. Rugi knocks on the door and he's like, hey, you know, can we come in for a little while? And the guy's like, yeah, we're just hanging out, smoking some pot before we head over to the festival. So the five guys get out of the van and go into the apartment where they immediately take Nick into a back room, tie him up with duct tape, cover his eyes, and gag him with his own sock. Now you cover his eyes? (laughs) It's a little late, guys. Hey, dinguses. He has seen all of you. Right, it's a little late. He probably heard the woman chanting the license plate fucking number. (laughs) Why are you covering his eyes? And they oh apparently, like, duct taped his entire face. Yeah. Because they even said later that they knew they overdid it, but yeah. they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, 
apparently. Great plan. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the people in the apartment are like, what in the actual fuck are you doing? Hollywood's like, mind your business. I've got a gun. So these people are like, yeah, we're, we're out. We're gone. Yeah. But not before two girls decided that they needed to fix their makeup. Well, yeah. So their makeup is in the room where Nick is at. Yeah. So they go in this back room and do their makeup with the 15-year-old Nick sitting in the corner tied up with fucking duct tape. Did you have a conversation with them too? Right. <laughs> just not, you know, nobody wants to get involved. So they're just hanging out with Nick while he's, you know, tied up and they're doing their makeup. People don't. Obviously, they don't want to get involved for fear of getting in trouble, which yeah. is, we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. If you see something, fucking say something. Yes. Um, so, they're all at the apartment. Brian and William start feeling super uncomfortable and decide they, they want to leave. Mm-hmm. Hollywood's like, yeah, uh-uh, no. You're actually going to stay with him. You're, it's your turn to babysit. So, then him and Ruby left for a little bit. So, they just leave. Like, it's an ongoing theme that they just leave. Just Randomly. Nobody knows where they're going. They leave people at their house. I, my mom I would know. kill me. Uh, yeah. Like, that's all, like, you know, yeah. my mom would kill me. So, when they got back, Hollywood dismissed Brian and William. He then untied Nick, and him, Rugie, and Nick smoked a joint. Well, yeah. Why not? So, why did you duct tape his eyebrows? <laughs> right. If you were just going to fucking smoke a joint with him. Yeah. So after this, Hollywood decides that Rugi is now in charge of Nick until they get a hold of Ben or figure out what to do. So now the whole plan is they took Nick to get Ben to pay the debt. Nobody's reached out to Ben. Yeah. So Ben has no idea. Uh, Hollywood left because he had to finish moving because of the broken window. So, hmm. I mean, don't let kidnapping fuck up your plans at all. Right. So now Rugi gets tired of sitting at his friend's house and he's like, I'm just going to take him home. So he drives Nick to his house and asks his dad if his friend can stay over. <laughs> his dad's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, he's not tied up. There's no reason to think he's fucking kidnapped. So why would the dad think anything, you know? Right. So his captors were friendly and they kept telling him that he's going to go home soon as soon as they get a hold of Ben, which they're not calling him. Susan and Jeff also haven't heard back from Ben. So they're still holding out hope that Nick is with him. Right. Um, however, the following Monday, Ben shows up at the house without Nick. So it turns out Ben was working construction and had been out of town at a job site. So the last little bit of hope that Susan and Jeff had was now pretty much gone. Uh, the first thing Jeff did was to ask Ben if he had any enemies. Ben does tell them, yeah, I owe a drug dealer 1200 fucking dollars. So Ben starts asking around and he heard that Nick had maybe been with Ben at a party. So they kind of thought Hollywood was involved, but didn't go any further with it. Um, it. Just didn't think it would be bad. They didn't think he had it in him, really. So he calls Hollywood and leaves a voicemail that he's looking for his brother and to please contact him. Right. They still never reached out to Ben. On August 7th of 2000, Su- Susan and Jeff make missing persons posters. Uh, a group of volunteers help them spread them all over West Hills. Ben is also trying to find Nick through old drug connections, um, but Nick is still with Rugi. So they start their day playing video games and watching TV. Nice. Friends come by later. Uh, It's a 16-year-old girl, a 17-year-old girl, and a 17-year-old boy named Graham Presley. Uh, Rugi just introduced Nick as one of his L.A. friends. (laughs) So they smoke some pot, hang out, and play some video games. And the three friends thought... fucking potheads. Right. The three friends thought nothing of it, but were kind of like, what the fuck? When Rugi's like, all right, I got to go for a little bit, but don't let him use the phone. Yeah. 
So again, you're just leaving people in your house. Right. So, but they're like, why can't you use the fucking phone? Like, what's the deal? Right. So one of the girls is like, why why can't you use the phone? And Nick's like, well, they kidnapped me. (laughs) Flat out says. I've been kidnapped. He says he was. I'm cool. Yeah. He was kind of kidnapped, but it was all good. And he was just waiting for them to get a hold of his brother. Yeah. It's all good. I'm okay. Cool. They're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. The girls start calling him Stolen Boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they ask why he doesn't just leave since Rugi is gone, he said that he doesn't want anybody to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of hangs out. Plus, he's fucked up. He's been like perpetually fucked up the whole time he's been. Oh with them, yeah. You know. Yeah. So Gotta Hollywood. Smoke my yeah. vape. Which, by the way, um, you're blowing up yeah, over there. It's it's shaky. Um, JP wants a shirt like well, you could press a button and hear your voice yelling, "Where's my vape?" Oh yeah, we yeah. I'm not. That. I'm not going that far, JP. You're just gonna Good have to imagine JP. it. I miss working with them. Oh, I gotta. I gotta tell you something. I totally forgot to tell you. Okay. So Hollywood ends up calling uh, his lawyer to his house, mm-hmm. and he tells this lawyer, "Listen, I have a friend who kidnapped a kid, and they beat the fuck out of him." So, like, what's going to happen to my friend? And the lawyer's like, okay, well, you didn't kill him. You're totally blowing up. Yeah. Was there ransom? Did you beat him up? Is he hurt? Is he tied up? Asking all those normal questions. Um, And then the lawyer's like, listen, this is, it's serious. You could get eight years to life for kidnapping this kid. So, the lawyer, according to the lawyer, tells Hollywood, uh, call the police and get the boy home. Yeah. Now, according to Hollywood... The lawyer told him, quote, dig a deep hole. It's a good attorney. Yeah. I like that attorney. So the attorney (laughs) calls Hollywood Sr. and is like, listen, your kid fucked up and we need to meet somewhere and talk about this because he's not being honest with me. He's not telling me what happened. So they meet at two o'clock in the morning on August 8th. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dad starts asking Hollywood what happened. um, And his plan is let's just scare him quiet and send him home. Yeah. But Hollywood won't say shit. Won't say where he's at. Nothing like that. So it's now Tuesday, August 8th, obviously. Nick is still at Ruggie's. Uh, the same three friends come over, but this time the girls start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, what the fuck is he still doing here? Why is he still here? You said he was going home. Yeah. So Ruggie tries telling the girls not to panic that Hollywood is going to send him home soon. So then Ruggie says if... Hollywood doesn't send him home soon like he's saying he's going to, that he himself will just put him on a bus home. Right. I think I think Ruby really thought like they were just going to send him home. I don't think that these guys thought that something bad was gonna happen. Yeah. I so agree. Um in reality though, Hollywood he didn't have a fucking clue what he was gonna do. Yeah. He had no idea. Now, the day before, he offered Ruby money to get rid of Nick. So why I don't know why Ruby thought he's just going to send him home then, but um, nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under a hundred calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with five to ten grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get ten percent off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Later that night, Ruby decides he's tired of just sitting at home. So he decides that they should all go out and party. 
Why not? Oh, it gets better. Yeah, why not? Uh, Graham Presley, the 17-year-old, mm-hmm. calls his mom yep. and says, Hey, can you give us all a ride to the Lemon Tree Inn? We're going to rent a room and have a party. Fuck yeah. And she's like, absolutely, I will God be there in right. 10 minutes. <laughs> You're goddamn right, I will. I'll be, I'll be there. How many of there are you? Do you need food <laughs> on the way? Dude, I like this mom. He's fucking 17. You drive him to a hotel. Did you rent the fucking room for him too? Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. So they get a hotel room. Nice. You know, why not? Hotel party. So they're at the Lemon Tree Inn. Um, They hang out, smoke some more pot, and then decide to move it outside to the jacuzzi. Nice. The girls start asking Nick again why he doesn't just leave. Yeah. You know, he says he's fine. He's not worried. Nothing is going to happen to him. And he, he doesn't really want to complicate anything. And that worst case scenario, he knows Taekwondo so he can defend himself. Hiya! This poor baby. <laughs> this poor baby. You're not the Matrix. You know? So after Rugi refused to take Hollywood up on his cash offer, Hollywood goes to Ryan Hoyt, who owes him money still. Yeah. Now, it's reported that Ryan... I don't, I don't know how to put this without sounding like a dick. Um, Just put it. It's not very smart. Yeah. It's a little slow, easily, you know, taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, so Ryan at this point had worked off all but a couple hundred dollars of his debt. Um, and after being his bitch for the longest time, Ryan jumped at the chance to prove himself because otherwise he's just picking up dog shit in front of all of his friends. Right. So when Hollywood told Ryan to clean up the mess with Nick, Ryan happily took the converted Tech 9 Hollywood handed him and headed to Santa Barbara. Hmm. So they converted the Tech 9 apparently so it would be an automatic machine gun yeah. and would fire 12 rounds a second. Damn. Yeah. Like, do you just hold the trigger down? Yeah, but usually, I mean, if you modify it, you, you, you got to fix it that way. To just hold the trigger down? Yeah. That's a lot. 12 rounds a yeah. minute? A second. Or a second? Yeah, fuck yeah it is. What the fuck do you need that for? Want to hear how it sounds? Oh my god. Just like that? It probably does sound like that. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. I was going to say, I'm just going to put pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. That's how what, the, what is that one thing that you fucking played for me? Was it a 911 call? Where they ask what the, oh, what yeah. the gun sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> They're ma'am. shooting. Ma'am, that's not that's not what she meant. No. So uh, Hollywood leaves and takes his girlfriend to Outback for their anniversary dinner. Oh my god, that sounds delicious. He really does great it. choice. Yeah, he really does it to establish an alibi. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, just before midnight, Rugi announced to everyone at the hotel that the party's over and that someone was on their way to pick up Nick. So they start their goodbyes, they exchange phone numbers, they promise to keep in touch with Nick, because he's kidnapped, and, you know, let's not say anything. Ryan shows up shortly after to meet the three remaining boys, which were Rugi, Nick, and Graham. Mm -hmm. Rugi would later testify that he didn't know Hollywood came up with a plan until Ryan showed up. Up until then, he was actually convinced that Nick was going home. Um, He offered you cash to kill him. Why did you think he was going home? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Graham saw Ryan had a gun, but didn't say anything, because obviously you're not going to point out a gun to the guy carrying a gun. You know? Right. Uh, 
<clears throat> Ryan and Rui left the hotel for a little bit, and Graham still didn't say anything. He just stayed there with Nick. When the two get back, um, they, they had gone to Rugi's house to get shovels and more duct tape. They head back to the hotel, and this time Rugi stayed, and Graham was asked to go with Ryan. Graham knew the area better, obviously, because he lived out there, and Ryan asked him to show him a secluded spot in the mountains. Great plan. Here we go. Graham took him to Lizard's Mouth, which was a trail. Uh, It was a very popular hiking spot, and it was also near a shooting range. So when you look up Lizard's Mouth, like, you know, because it'll tell you about the trail and map it out and everything like that, it tells you don't be surprised if you hear rapid fire gunshots while you're on the trail. Because that's not frightening. Right. Yeah. While you're walking. Right. Lovely walk. Yeah. And then whatever sound you just made. Ah. Yeah. So Ryan hands Graham a shovel and tells him to start digging. Uh, Graham would later testify that he was almost certain that he was digging his own grave. Yeah. What else would you think? I would think the same thing. Uh, After getting a super shallow grave dug, Ryan tells Graham that's enough. They get back to the car and head back to the hotel. So they pick up Rugi and Nick, and now Nick is so fucked up, he can't even sit up straight. Yeah. He has to be held up. Um, And he was actually sleeping when they got there. So they pick them all up. They go back to the trail. Trail. They get out. They start walking. And Graham, at this point, realizes that it wasn't his grave that he dug earlier. He panics and turns around and goes back to the car. Mm-hmm. And they let him. So as the three were walking to Lizard's Mouth, they pass several people on the trail. And by several, I mean upwards of 37 people. Oh, so when they get to the spot that Graham dug up, Rugi tied Nick's hands behind his back with duct tape. This, this part broke me a little bit. Um, he tells Nick he promises he won't hurt him. And Nick says, quote, I know you won't. Immediately after that, Rugi wraps Nick's head with uh, duct tape, covers his mouth and nose. This makes Nick start to cry. Because oh, he knows now. It's, it's common. They dragged him over to the shallow grave and shoved him in. Uh, it's possible that Nick was hit in the head while he, you know, before he was shoved into the grave, but it was never confirmed. Okay. So, uh, he is on his stomach in the grave because, you know, they pushed him in. Yeah. Ryan pulls out the Tech 9 and fires his weapon at Nick at point blank range until the gun jams. Oh, Nick is shot nine times in the head and abdomen, and the only saving grace is that he died instantly. Thank God, but, yeah. you know. So Ryan and Rugi attempt to cover Nick and the grave up with twigs and leaves and try to put the dirt back in, so he's, he's barely covered. Uh, Ryan threatens Graham that he'll kill him if he says anything. Ryan, however, can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Because yeah. everybody talks about fucking murder. Everyone talks. Mm-hmm. That's why you do this shit alone. Don't say a fucking word. Three people can get away with murder if two of them are dead. Yep. So... He brags to everybody that will listen to him that he took care of something for Hollywood. Oh, jeez. A couple days later, Ryan's friends throw him a 21st birthday party like nothing ever happened. On August 12th of 2000, hikers on Lizard's Mouth Trail. I have a hard time saying that. Lizard's Mouth Trail. Lizard. They hear a loud buzzing noise. Um, Assuming it's bees, they follow the sound. Why would you go? Yeah. You know what a bee looks like? Let's go get stung. Yeah. (laughs) Why would you do that? Yeah. So the sound was not bees. It was flies. Uh. 
thousands of flies swarming around one area in the sand. So they decide to kick at it. Well, yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. Come on. So they kick at it, the sand moves, and they see what looks like clothing. And now the smell hits them. Yeah. So they immediately call the police. The police get there. Uh, It takes two days to identify the body due to decomp because it's it's California in the summer. It's hot as fuck. On August 15th, the LA Times run a back page story about finding the body and the police ask for witnesses because there's there's obviously people on the trail. Right. The trail was also very popular for nighttime hikes. Yeah. And the police even said that it's a popular hangout for kids to go yeah. like smoke and drink. So right. they knew somebody was there. Was going to see. Uh, one of the girls that had met Nick at Ruggie's house comes across the newspaper article and rushes over to his house to confront him. She's like, what, what the fuck? Like, I thought he was going home. She starts yelling that he's a murderer repeatedly. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, people are going to hear you. Yeah. He denies it. She leaves his house and drives straight to her mother's office. Her mother's law office. Oh. She's freaking out and doesn't want to get in trouble for seeing all of this shit and not saying anything. So the attorneys immediately got a hold of the police and worked out an immunity deal. Of course. Yep. Listen, when mama's a lawyer, I want fucking immunity, too. Oh, yeah. Goddamn right. So once everything was worked out with the immunity deal, she sat down with the police and told them everything that she knew. Wow. On Wednesday, August 16th of 2000, Jesse Ruge and William Skidmore were arrested. Mm -hmm. Later that day, after hearing about the arrest, Graham Presley turned himself in. He was also arrested. On August 17th of 2000, the next day, Ryan Hoyt is arrested. They can't find Hollywood. Oh, He's gone. Really? He's gone. And he, he remained gone for quite a few years. Really? Yeah. Yep. So, Nick... Went to Mexico or something? Uh, I'll get there. Oh, I'll okay. There. All right. So, Nick was buried at Eden Memorial Park uh, with more than 700 people in attendance at his funeral. Oh, wow. A picture of his dog was put in the casket with him. Oh. Yeah. Ryan Hoyt tells police he was at an out-of-town wedding... He doesn't hang out with his old friends anymore because he quit partying a year ago, and he doesn't know Nick. Yeah. He said he played Little League with Hollywood, but doesn't know his last name. Sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sure. On November 21st of 2001, Ryan Hoyt is convicted of first-degree murder. On December 29th of 2001, he is sentenced to death. Oh, wow. He didn't think the sentence was fair because he said, quote, all I did was pull the trigger. Yeah, not a uh, big deal. That's the whole part. Yeah, not that's, a big deal. Mm, that's just the murder. Right, that's the whole, like, the whole meat and potatoes <laughs> right. is the trigger. You it's not like you someone. threw bullets at him and hoped right. for the best. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, he's in San Quentin. Okay. Um, In June of 2020, we'll go forward a little bit. So, he appeals, obviously. The Supreme Court affirms his death sentence. So, he's still... Good. On death row. Good. Uh, Jesse Ruge was charged with aiding in a kidnapping and murder. Um, <clears throat> in, I don't think it was 20, no, it was not 2020. In 2002, he was convicted of aggravated kidnapping for ransom or extortion with special circumstances. Okay. He was acquitted of the murder charge, though. Uh, wow. He was sentenced to life with possibility of parole in seven years. That's a wow. big span. Seven years to life? Yeah. Uh, like, <sighs> 
in uh, 2013, he was actually released after 11 years. Get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. William Skidmore was charged with kidnapping and robbery. And in September of 2002, he was sentenced to nine years after taking a plea deal. In April of 2009, serving less than seven years, he was released. Graham Presley had two trials. In July of 2002, he was acquitted of the kidnapping and had a hung jury on the murder. In October of 2002, he was retried, and this time he was convicted of second-degree murder. He was put in youth authority until just before his 21st birthday and released in 2007. Uh, Jesse James Hollywood is gone. He is the youngest person to be put on the FBI's most wanted list, mm-hmm. and he appeared on America's Most Wanted several times. So he's still gone to this day? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. So he emptied out his bank accounts and went around, drove around town the next day collecting money from people that he knew. Yeah. And then him and his girlfriend fled to Vegas. Okay. From Vegas, they went to Colorado, and the girlfriend broke up with him. Okay. She came back home. From there, he went to Seattle. Canada, Mexico, and then ended up in Brazil. Wow. So he got fake papers, obviously, um, and he acquired a five-year visa for Brazil. He worked as a nightclub promoter and an English tutor. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, he gets a girlfriend and quickly gets a girlfriend and knocks her up. Okay. Because it used to be if you had impregnated a female or had a child in Brazil, you could not be extradited. Really? So he thought the law was still on the books. Oh. Yeah. Um, on March 9th of 2000. 2000- I like his thinking, though. Yeah. I mean, you did your, you did your homework. Yeah, I'll give you, you that. Mm-hmm. So they start tracking his family's phone records. Yeah. They find out now that a cousin at some point had applied for a Brazilian visa. So now they know. Mm-hmm. So on March 9th of 2005, Hollywood is at the mall and he is met by police instead of his cousin. On March 11th, 2005, the LA Times published an article about Miguel. What is that? B- oh, sorry. I didn't finish my sentence. About Miguel actually being Hollywood because yeah. he went by obviously a different name. Right. Um, why the fuck did I write English teacher? I didn't mean teacher. On July 8th of 2009, or excuse me, on May 15th of 2009, the trial starts. It's long. It doesn't end until July. Really? Yeah. July 8th of 2009, he is convicted of first-degree murder and kidnapping. On July 15th of 2009, he is sentenced to life in prison. He uh, appeals several times. One of the reasons for appeal is Nick could have left any time he wanted to. No, No, he couldn't. Yeah. Well, he lost that. The other one was that he wasn't responsible because obviously he was at the fucking Outback. Oh, yeah. He he couldn't fucking done it. Here's my credit card receipt. Delicious meal. So his uh, life with possibility of parole is changed in 2010 to no parole. So his appeal backfired on him. Good. Um, In February 12th or on February 12th of 2012, he is denied a new trial and he has exhausted all of his appeals. Good. In 2014, he got married. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Ladies. (laughs) Ladies. What the fuck are you thinking? He's not getting out. (laughs) He has nothing to give you. 
conjugal visits. No, you can't get fucking... Con- is that even still a thing? Yeah, it is. Ew. But no, they started writing. She wrote them and now they're, now they're married. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, so he's in prison. Yeah. Uh, Nick Markowitz's mom attempted suicide uh, about six times. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, she wrote a book, which is where I got most of this information from, but obviously it, it fucking destroyed her. Oh, yeah. So, and Ben... How could it not? Nobody can get a hold of Ben. He won't really? do interviews. He won't answer phone calls. He won't, he won't do shit, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So, but that is the elf dog story. Uh, the movie is pretty accurate. Is it? That. Yeah. Huh. It is pretty spot on for the most part. How sad. Yeah. Like this 15 year old kid idolizes his brother and then his brother's friends come and pick him up and. Oh, fucking terrible. I mean, they, he, once they untie him, he's like, all right, well, they're, they're not going to hurt me. They untied me. We're yeah. smoking pot together. This is fucking great. Like. He at one point allegedly said that it was going to be a great story to tell his grandkids. So he didn't think anything was going to happen. Either. No, he didn't. But the part where, yeah, you told him you're not going to fucking do anything to him. And then you wrap his head in duct tape. Oh, man. Just and fucking he, shoot him. And he knows he it's knew it. coming. He started to cry. Yeah, he knows it's coming. How fucking Pieces awful. of fucking shit. Yeah. Pieces of shit. And most of them are out of jail. That I can't believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I that blows my mind. All because of the girl. They they most likely would not have gotten caught if it weren't for this chick going to going her mom. Going to her mom. Yep. Yeah. So. Oh, babe, I don't know. Just a sad story all it, around. It really is. It really is. Yeah. But what a good story. Um. But yeah, see the movie because it's, I should watch it. Yeah. It's pretty spot on. Is it? Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Who does Justin Timberlake play? Oh, fuck. I don't... They said it. I don't remember. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, it's it's been years since I've yeah. seen well, it. Yeah, well, I mean, it came out... So, I mean, it came out before the trial. So, it was out before 02. Yeah. Because um, it was all of their trials that it came out before, not just Hollywood's. Right, right. So, yeah, I I should know, but it's it, it's been years since I've seen it. It's but. very strange that they released the movie beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I'm kind of <clears throat> kind of curious why they. I mean, wouldn't it's wait. it sounds like all these guys kind of sing like fucking canaries once they got caught. So they oh, had yeah. the story. Yeah, true, but uh-huh. I mean, why wouldn't you wait? There was one other movie, I can't remember the name of it, that was before the trials. Really? I don't know why you wouldn't wait, but yeah. apparently they thought it was a good enough story. I remember when it came out. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that was good, babe. That was real good. Um, what is our next episode going to be? It's going to be a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, is it the Unabomber? It's the Unabomber. Yeah. It is the Unabomber. Nice. I have been waiting for that. Yeah. Waiting it's, for that. It's weird. Babe, I, <laughs> it's his weird. manifesto. I, uh, his, his manifesto, yeah. I, I'm you're, you're going to be hearing my opinions. Yeah. I'm, I, there's a lot of stuff in the manifesto that I don't necessarily disagree with. Yep. He's he's yep. not. I mean, and then he goes on fucking weird tangents. Yeah, yeah. But 
there there is oh yeah 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 so uh, i was listening to uh, another podcast about a cult mm-hmm. and you know what was at the root of the cult what revelations the book of revelations yeah it always what is what the fuck babe it always is these cults are insane we should start one <laughs> do you guys want to be in our cult <laughs> yes We'll just do bar crawls yes. and stuff. <laughs> yes. I don't know biblical words, I don't, so you don't yeah. have to worry about that. Somebody has to... We could speak in tongues, though. We totally Salamala, halamala. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're definitely going by Bow and Peep. Bow and Peep? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, we we'll fucking have to. Are you Bow? I, I don't remember, and I'll actually. I don't remember who is who. What up, Bo? Yeah. What up, Pete? We could totally do a fucking cult. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The book of, of the caches. <laughs> we're a fucking book of revelations all on oh, our own. dude. We're a book of fucking, who knows? Hot mess express. Yep. We'd have fun in the cult. Yeah. But this was we good. Um, thank you for looking looking it up now the unabomber is next unabomber is next um, i'm like elbow be... deep in internet shit and i have an audiobook going while uh, another book like okay. i have an audiobook playing while i'm reading a book on my phone okay while i'm making t-shirts so it'll be a couple days maybe wednesday yeah i just started it today okay. so all right and i have to work tomorrow yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah Everybody's happy to see me. Um, glad. Little Jackie, when she saw my shit on my desk spread out like the unorganized fuck that I am, she was like, all of this makes me happy. I'm glad they're happy. Oh, totally forgot. I was asked to tie something in to this episode. Yeah. So Jesse James Hollywood is a deep fried dick. Deep fried dick? Deep fried dick. I like that. Yeah. Deep fried dick. Mm Mm-hmm. That, yep. that could be a shirt. Yeah. Don't be a deep fried dick. I literally said that because Jackie's like, can you incorporate that into your episode? Fuck yes, I can. <laughs> Jackie, who you work with? Yes, little Jackie. Okay. And Kate that I work with was like, if I take anything away from my friend's friendship with Jackie, it's going to be <laughs> deep fried dick. And I, I was like, like well, that. this guy kind of is a deep fried dick. So like, yeah, I'll get it in there. Don't worry. Yeah, I like that. So. I told Jackie though I was like, you're going to have to fucking listen to the episode, you know, because she falls asleep. Yeah, I know. You fell asleep? <laughs> I love friends. So, yeah, I had to put that in there. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. Patreons, thank you. I mean, I, I can't thank you guys enough. Keep listening. List- all of you. Listeners. Oh, my God. We love you. We do. So... Yep. Keep listening. Spread the word. Buy a t-shirt. Buy some merch. No big deal. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll be speaking to you guys very soon. With the Unabomber. Unabomber is next, people. Get ready. All right. We will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.